Take today by the balls. All right, then. Here we go. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com to catch up on all of our back episodes. You can also engage with us on social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol pirate Alice, and at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And make sure you, most importantly, hit that subscribe button and the subscribe button for other people's phones wherever you listen to podcasts. And give us a great glowing review on Apple and feed the algorithm gods. So how are you today? I'm okay. Just okay? Just okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I know, it was one of those days I drowned my feelings in donuts. Ooh, I wish I had donuts. Not these donuts, they were stale. Although... Oh, oh, that's the worst. Although, I I tell you what, they came from a very good thing. I want to start you off with a positive. Can I start you off with a positive? Sure. All right, so... Watching the news, as we all do, and just getting a little bit more depressed every single day, I decided that that Daddy needed a donut. Now, Daddy does not need a donut. As a matter of fact, he is a donut. <laughs> but but there is a Dunkin' Donuts low half a mile from me, which is my favorite Dunkin' Donuts. They make a good cup of coffee. And, you know, their their people are actually okay. Well, I get in line and I say I want because I order Laura a donut and I get myself three. <coughs> and the total for four donuts is six dollars and sixty six cents. Yeah. Donuts yeah. are spendy. No, but that's not the nope. point. It's the devil's oh. number. It was six, six, six. Oh, geez. How did I miss that? Because the devil <laughs> has power over you. Blah. Sure does. Anyway, yeah. so blah. So the kid was like, you need to order one more donut, man. <laughs> and I said, and I said, yes, you're absolutely right. I don't want the devil to come and get me. So give me one more donut. You know what those kids very much did? They gave me three more donuts. Wow. And I, and I thought that that was a very nice thing to do. Now, it was very nice. In, in retrospect, they were probably going to turn the donuts over anyway. Yeah. Because they were, they were on the stale side, but for only, the equivalent of maybe 29 cents more. I got three more donuts and I, and I should have given them a tip. And the next time uh, I go over there, I absolutely will. As long as it is at least one member of that crew, but I just, somebody put some good into the world today and just gave some random guy driving through in a car, three extra donuts to make his day. So that was nice. That was was very nice. And I don't know about you, but I, I have watched one very mediocre thing, but two amazing things this week. Oh. One of them is my best picture of the year. Ooh, fancy pants. I fancy pantsed it. Mm. But yep. So I'm going to start with the very mediocre thing. I've got two things. Um, Yeah, I've got two things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start? No, you go ahead. You got my right. idea, so. Well, I'm not going to take too long with this. Uh, the very mediocre thing. Do you watch reality TV at all? Not really. Dwight's more into it than I am. So there are two shows that we watch 
well, actually now three shows that we watch religiously in the reality TV world. Top Chef, Project One Runway, and when Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum left Project Runway, they started a show on Amazon Prime called Making the Cut. We've reviewed it on this show. Mm-hmm. Very posh version of it, by the way. World one, you know. Yeah. So, but in scan in scanning channels the other night, just because you know insomnia happens, I came across the fact that Project Runway was on, and I thought, "Are you running a rerun?" So I highlighted it over, and it said it's a new season. Hmm. We are six episodes into, as of the recording of this show, we are six episodes into a new season of Project Runway. And so Laura came home tonight. We had salad. It was delicious. Thank you very much for asking. And decided to throw on this season of Project Runway. And it's mediocre. Yeah, I kind of stopped watching because it really just, you know, after a while, all of those shows just become the same thing each season. People bitching with each other, hating each other making shit some of it's good some of it's crap and yeah well this show got rid of carly kloss i think that's her name the host of the show okay so so she's not there anymore she's an internationally known supermodel who was the the main host of the show and then you have the judges on the show but now the judges on the show christian siriano and and uh, um, Nina, um, Nina Garcia, mm-hmm. and the others—they—they—they they, they are now all equal co-hosts. Oh. And it just—and it was just like they jumped right in. There was no background on the on the people, and the show just seemed like, well, shit, we got to put something out there. Fuck, we're we're about to get to our launch date, and we really don't have anything. And and Klaus is gone, so you guys are going to have to pick up the slack. And okay, go. Ever since Making the Cut came on, a lot of the heart of this show has gone away. And I think this is the two-star version of what it used to be. Now, I read reviews online, mm. and, and it says it gets better after the third episode. And it gets more back into the rhythm of what it really has been before. But tonight I was bored. I was thumbing through fucking Instagram. I, 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 I was looking up other stuff that I wanted to talk about tonight. Wow. I just didn't care. I, I just did not care. So it, for everybody who is into Project Runway, I would love to know your thoughts. So hit me up on the social media at symbol Bill Irie Larson or on the watchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button. What do you think of this season of Project Runway? I am not impressed. I mm. I am so not impressed. But anyway, so that was the mediocre thing, and I got it out of the way because bleh. All right. Okay. So my first thing is on Apple TV+. Plus. It's new. It just came out on November the 12th with the first three episodes it's going to be a five episode mini series it's called the shrink next door oh you watch that it stars will ferrell and paul rudd katherine hahn is also in it and so is casey wilson okay 
And it's based on a true story, actually. It's about a guy who, um, he's, he's just got, his name is Marty Markowitz. And this guy has just got so many internal issues and just panic and anxiety attacks. And he's just not good in a mental, not in a good mental state. He mm. is in charge. He took over his father's company. It's a, a fabric company. Um, after his dad passed away and apparently him and his uncle had big arguments and the uncle walked out and so now it's him and his sister running the company and he's just he's he's a total pushover and everybody takes advantage of him and he's got this ex-girlfriend who keeps hounding him because when they were together he promised he'd take her to Mexico but mm. then they broke up Oh. And she's expecting him to still pay for her to go to Mexico. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah. So his sister makes an appointment with this uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, the shrink um, named Isaac Hirschkoff. And this guy is a smarmy bastard uh. who completely takes over this man's life. And he, Jesus, the shit that he does, because I, I read up on, on the true story behind it. It's like, holy fuck. So our, our guy, Marty, uh -huh. he is actually a millionaire. He's got a bunch of family homes and they got like a Swiss bank account or some shit. I mean, Jesus, this guy is the, like he inherit him and his sister inherited a shitload of money. And so the more that this psychiatrist guy learns of what Marty's got, the more he insinuates his way into Marty's life, forcing Marty to, to really rely on him. And he pushes Marty and his sister apart as well. And holy fuck, this guy's an asshole. Wow. And this is the story of how it all went down. Really? Yeah, the first three episodes are available now on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Actually, the first four, because as of today, the 19th of November, the fourth episode has been released. I watched the first three, and the more I watched it, the more I just hated these people, and I didn't want to watch it anymore because it's so good. Paul Rudd plays the psychiatrist, Isaac Hirschkoff, and damn, he's... Man, this is not a comedy for all the comic people in it, the comedians yeah. that are in it. The, those four people are comedians, and there's nothing comic about this at all. And it, it's, it's such a drama, and it's, oh, man. Did, man. You ever, did you ever see the movie Dinner for Schmucks? I don't know. I don't think so. Paul Rudd is in it as well as Steve Carell. Oh. And... It's centered about how this boss wants people to bring idiots to dinner so that they can make fun of them. I, I think and, I've heard of it, but I don't believe I've watched it. And I saw the previews for that and I thought, well, this could be mildly funny. And I was so depressed after seeing that movie because I thought it was incredibly mean spirited and 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 I don't like to see people made fun of. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. No. Which is like why I can't watch the show that you watched. Because uh, the Shrink Next Door? The Shrink Next Door. Because mm -hmm. I am sure it is quite good. 
as as an acting exercise, I am sure. Yes, it is they are. They are really good. Paul Rudd is. I hate him so much in this because he is so good at that role of being a total like he just. Oh man. Man. See, that's why I can't do it, because if I'm watching this, I'm going to get so pissed off at him for taking advantage of such a weakened person emotionally mm-hmm. yes, that I'm, exactly. that I'm, that I'm just going to want to blow up his Instagram. But we've, we've <laughs> mentioned this, but we mentioned yes. it before. If somebody makes you hate them, then they are doing an amazing job yes. as an actor. And Will Ferrell with his... Uh, the in the beginning we see him having a panic attack or an anxiety attack when it whatever it is and that is so well done he he is oh man that was it was such a good scene such a strong scene that who see i'm i'm <laughs> glad that i'm glad you you took that bullet because i i was fearing that i might actually have to kind of dive into it but, yeah, I if if that can, if this kind of thing also you know messes with your head and you just get so angry watching it, don't watch it because. But it, it, I, it I'm would, feeling that same way. I'm feeling like I I don't know if I could see it to the end because I just I can't handle this. I just I don't well, want to watch this poor guy. You know, it doesn't taken, mess with my head oh. so much as it messes with my heart. Yeah, yeah. And I and I. You know, if I saw anybody doing that to anybody, you know, shit would be on. But no, fuck yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that you have watched it. I'm glad that the performances are powerful. Mm-hmm. You are a better person than me because I will not be watching it. <laughs> well, I didn't know what it was about until I started watching, and then well, I was looking things up. Like what, what, what is this? It said it was based on a true story. What is this? And oh, there is also a whole podcast about this. Like the real really? world thing that happened. And yes, oh, that God. podcast is called The Shrink Next Door. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, the next thing that I watched is actually 36 years old this year. But I watched the redo of Rocky Four. Oh, okay. Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago. The ultimate director's cut. Mm-hmm. It was released in movie theaters November 11th for one day and then launched on streaming November the 12th. And as we record this, it was released a week ago. Well, today I'm thumbing through, as I always do on the Voodoo, mm-hmm. I always look to see what's cheap to either buy even though we now know that that's a misnomer and we don't actually buy it. We actually buy the license for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's cheap to buy and what's cheap to rent? Well, this was $3.99. Huh. And I thought, perfect. Yeah. When I tell you that Rocky Four, I have to start here. Rocky Four is my favorite of the Rocky movies. I have to put one aside because that was a Best Picture winner. It is truly a Best Picture winner, and it will go down in history as one of the most motivational movies ever made, even though it was kind of stolen about the story of a guy named Chuck Wepner, but we won't even get there right now. Look it up mm. if you're really interested. Mm. Look up Chuck Wepner. Anyway. Um, anyway. But the rest of them, Rocky Four has always been my favorite. 
because we grew up in the 80s, 1985, Cold War, Russians bad, America good, MTV, you know. And Rocky IV, to this day, the theatrical cut is an amazingly tight 91 minutes long. You know, oh. it's it's nothing. And it just moves, and there are music videos inside and montages and training montages, and it's great. Rocky versus Drago takes this movie and elevates it so much that it actually feels more like a direct sequel to Rocky II. And I can't explain how, but it is an amazing motion picture. It is, it, it is something that Sylvester Stallone took something that has been known for 35 years, 36 years, recut it, made it more dramatic, added more depth to it, actually tied it in more to Creed a little bit, actually tied it in more to the original Rocky films. Just, he did such an amazing job with it. There was one sloppy thing in, in it that I wish he had elongated a little bit, but no big deal. But it is such a better drama now. It actually feels like a drama, not a an hour and a half music video about Rocky. <laughs> okay. The, perform the performances in it are so much better. Talia Shire as Rocky's wife actually has far more to do, oh. which is great. So when I compare these two movies, I will always love the original theatrical cut of Rocky IV. But... If you have a streaming service and you like Rocky, do yourself a favor and revisit Rocky IV, Rocky versus Drago. It is a complete it is almost a completely different movie now. Now, granted, some of the music montages are still in there and those are always kick ass. But the drama and after 35 years if you don't know if th that this is the one where Apollo Creed dies, then I feel bad for you, but <laughs> But spoiler alert, this is the one where Apollo dies. I actually almost cried during the funeral. Oh, wow. Because in the original theatrical cut, Stallone stands there silently. And in this one, he speaks and he breaks down. Oh. And it, it is, it is, it's powerful. This movie is far more powerful. And I just thought, you know what, as an exercise, I'll watch it. It's 93 minutes. It is still roughly the same runtime. But yeah. it feels it feels so much different huh. than than the theatrical. So it is a universe where both of these movies exist. Huh. They took out some cheesy shit like Polly's robot. If you've seen that movie and you know the robot, it has always been cheesy bullshit in that movie. But it was the eighties and robots and shit were cool. Yeah. But I highly, highly, highly... You hear that, Sylvester Stallone? You hear us? <laughs> Subscribe to us. <laughs> Damn it. I highly recommend Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago. At least this weekend. I don't know how long, you know, a cheap rental will be. It is absolutely worth, as my Chicago comes out, absolutely worth <laughs> a cheap rental. And when it becomes cheap enough, I'm going to buy it. All right. Yeah. Cool. cool. So the other thing I watched uh, just 
was released today. Um, yeah, it was just released today. The first three episodes of the Amazon Prime new series, The Wheel of Time. Oh. It's based on a series of books, um, uh, Robert Jordan's uh, series of the same name, The Wheel of Time. And it's a, it stars Rosamund Pike as Moraine. She is a member of the um, I Sedai, which is a powerful organization of women who can use magic. Yes. As you do, as you as, are. As fantasy worlds are, the Dark One is after them. He Why has is come it back be a Dark from, One after I'm sorry. Yep, the, I'm just, the Dark you know. One has come back. He's coming back with all of his minions to rule the world or whatever he's going to do. And she's looking for the reincarnation of the dragon, which is a person, not an actual dragon, who is a prophet prophesized to save the world or he might destroy it. Well, okay. So she's trying to find him before the dark one does so that he can save the world. And she ends up in this small town where these monster creatures come and kill everybody except for four young people that she takes under her wing and they go off on a quest to, I don't know, go to the White Tower or something. <laughs> Is there something? So I'm sorry, just because my ears have perked up for this, the dark one is after them and their safety lies in the white tower. Right. <sighs> okay. Yeah. When the uh, cast is diverse, but the only person on this cast that I've heard of or seen before because names mean nothing sometimes to me. If I see their face, I'm like, yeah, that's that guy from that thing. She is the only one that I recognize of the first in the first three episodes of the whole cast. Oh, aside from the one kid's dad who is from Game of Thrones. Okay. He's the Lannister dad from Game of Thrones. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, that would be uh, Charles Dance. Yes, that guy. Charles Dance. He's the only one I recognized other than Rosamund Pike. Okay. And it's just a lot of this feels like uh, every fantasy story you've ever heard. You've got the kid, the the young guy who is the prophesied savior of the world. You got the bad guys, all their monsters coming to kill you. You got the magical lady. And of course, the magical people are... Um, being hunted down by this other group who are all in white cloaks and wearing all white, but they are a diverse group of assholes trying to kill all the women, magical women. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, And they're going to this village called Two Rivers, which very much makes me think of the twins from Game of Thrones, the two rivers. And mm -hmm. she tells this story. The, the kids sing a song. The kids, they're like 20-somethings, and I'm calling them kids. They sing some song, and then she tells them the story of their song, which sounds an awful like lot like the Battle of Helm's Deep. 
So it's all just it, it's. I'm wondering if I read the books, if I'd feel differently about this. It seems but very. But it, it all off. feels very ripped, rip like a rip off and rehash. But I know Robert Jordan is a damn good author. I've read other stuff of his. Um, this first book of this Wheel of Time series came out in 1984. So, <sighs> or no, he began writing it in 1984. It was published in 1990. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, well, racial undertones aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you entertained? All right. So let me just tell you this. It was a slow day at work today. So, uh, and I heard that it was, it had come out. So I put it on those first three episodes. I watched twice. Mm -hmm. And then after uh, Joy came home, I sat down and rewatched the first one yet again okay. because it was just, it, it, I was like, am I missing something in this? And okay. I, no, I was there. It, this is what it was. I thought I was expecting better. I was expecting more. I was expecting a richer storyline than just the rehashed. We got to find the savior of the world and I have magic and there's monsters. Okay. And that's so exactly what this is. Yet another fantasy of there's a savior that's called the dragon that has been reborn. They don't know that they're reborn dragon and we got to find them so they can save the world from this return of the big bad. It, it just sounds very ho-hum because I'm, I'm listening it, it to is. your. Yeah, it is. It's very ho-hum. And I, I, yeah. If you were, Okay. You say that the these kids, these twenty somethings, if you were twenty something, would you dig this a lot more? Maybe because I would not have seen this eight hundred times already. Ah, uh, there you go. All right. Okay. And what's it I called again? I have seen this story eight hundred times. It is called The Wheel of Time. It is on Amazon Prime. Well, I've got something. And I and I and I've been dying to talk about this. Since okay. we watched it two days ago. Ooh. There is a movie that is just now on Netflix called Passing. The movie itself stars Ruth Naga, Tessa Thompson, Alexander Skarsgård, and Andre Holland. And his uh, first-time director, Rebecca Hall, she is an actress, Probably the biggest thing I think she has ever been in was Tony Stark's girlfriend in Iron Man 3. Hmm, okay. This movie is the best picture of the year. Okay, I've been wanting to watch this. It is a movie about two women. And Tessa Thompson lives a... She's re very refined, upper class. All of this takes place in the 20s, by the way, because the film is based on a 1929 novel by a woman named Nella Larson. No relation. And she, Tessa Thompson is a refined, upper class woman, but she lives in Harlem. But she is also very light-skinned. 
and she sometimes goes to the main part of New York, you know, Manhattan or wherever, and and she shops in white stores with her hat down so people can't necessarily tell that she is black. Mm-hmm. And so she she gets little tastes of passing. Okay. Well, as she goes upstairs to enjoy some tea, she runs into Ruth Nega's character. They had grown up together, but Ruth Nega is 100% now passing as white. Oh. And she is married to Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood. Mm-hmm. And his character is despicable because he is quite the racist. And as a matter of fact, he gives his wife a, a racial epithet nickname based on an appearance he perceived once. Anyhow, and but they both laugh at it because she's passing as white. So she is actually far in far more danger of being exposed, physical danger as well as, you know, societal mm-hmm. danger. Mm-hmm. But the two rekindle their friendship because Ruth Nega, living in the world of, of being white and privileged, misses being black. And Tessa Thompson's mm. character doesn't like to talk about the bad things going on, lynchings going on. She doesn't like to talk about the reality of the world. And she almost wants to pass completely. So she enjoys tastes of passing. Mm. And... and jealousies happen and different different events happen i am not going to spoil this for anybody but the movie is shot beautifully in black and white and watching this movie it is so rich in texture even in the cinematography how things can go from light and breezy to dark and kind of stormy as the story progresses in it is such a powerful film that I want it to win Best Picture. It certainly would be interesting to figure out how they're going to nominate both of those actresses for awards. But I, I kid you not, it is one hour and 38 minutes. Please watch it. It is an important film. And it, and it especially speaks to me, uh, just given the fact that I am biracial and a lighter-skinned black man. Not that at this point in my life I could pass, but when I was a kid and I was lighter, much lighter, I was always confused for whether it was Hispanic or a darker-skinned white kid, especially oh. growing up with his white mom. Oh, yeah. Oh. I was sitting in Cook County Hospital one day, a a Hispanic woman was talking to me in Spanish because she thought she thought I was a she thought I was a Hispanic boy. And I and I thought that that was wonderful. I felt embarrassed that I couldn't return conversation. So passing even the movie poster has the two women standing back to back looking down. But when you put those two posters next to each other, 
they actually match up and look at each other. Oh. It, it, oh, I, I, I cannot rave about this movie enough. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's just phenomenal. And we both watched it because we both, you know, sometimes you just have to jump into shit when you get on Netflix or else you're going to be changing channels. Oh, my God. Ever, yeah. Trying to find some shit to watch. And we, yes. we highlighted it and it said passing and like, all right, let's do this. And we jumped in with both feet and we fucking landed on both feet with this. Nice. So passing on Netflix, just mm. amazing and very touching and still talking about it days after. Oh, nice. I've been dying to talk about that. Cool. All right. I think we have some news. 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 All right. Thanks, as always, to David. Hey, David, how are you, man? Uh, so I, he sent this story today about how the, the screenwriter of Bohemian Rhapsody actually is getting screwed over by the production company that made Bohemian Rhapsody, which made $900 Shocker. million. Shocker. That he's getting screwed over. This movie made $900 million. Fuck over the course of its run in movie theaters around the world. Yet they are claiming that the film lost $51 million so that they don't have to pay him. The How budget did it of lose money. So a lot of times, and this has not just happened to this guy, but a lot of creative financing will be based on net profits. Mm. So a studio can go back in and say net versus gross, we didn't make any money. Uh-huh. So that they don't have to pay this guy any more money rather than the paltry paycheck he got for writing this movie. Hmm. Or somebody got for acting in the movie or whatever. Right. So he's suing them and I hope he I hope he wins double the money that he is actually owed. I hope so too. Cuz that sucks. Uh, then David also passed along that little Marty Scorsese. What's up, Marty? How are you? Marty, what up? We would love to be the voices of a radio show in your next movie. Yeah. Uh, Martin's Martin, Marty, Martin Scorsese (laughs) is making a musical biopic about the grateful dead with Jonah Hill to star as Jerry Garcia. And there's this side-by-side picture of Jonah Hill and Jerry Garcia, and it's fucking freaky. Yeah, that that's a decent casting, I I would say. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have you seen the trailer for Pam and Tommy? Pam and Tommy? I have not seen that trailer, no. But I saw that it was shared, and... I told Tommy repeatedly to stay away from Pam. But he, he, uh, cousin Tommy Lee will not listen to me. I don't know why. Well, <laughs> I have said that for so long. And then I finally looked up whether or not Tommy Lee's name is Tommy Lee or if that's like a stage name. And alas, it is a stage name. That is not his full real name. Ah, oh, boo. So, yeah. Well, uh, if you if you haven't watched the trailer for that, 
I love it at the very least when a when they cast a movie and the stars look so close to who they are actually portraying. Yeah, I totally love that. Yeah. Like Rami Malek looked exactly like fucking Freddie Mercury. And right? looking at Jonah Hill and standing next to Jerry Garcia, if they just give him an old puffy salt Face. beard, it, it he would look exactly mm-hmm. like Jerry Garcia. Well, Sebastian Stan in it looks just like fucking Tommy Lee. Damn. And and who plays um who plays Pam? Lily James. Oh yeah, her. Lily James. She is making quite the career for herself. She really after, is. Down, after Downton fucking Abbey. Uh-huh. Uh, she she looks even more uncannily like Pamela Anderson. Wow. And and Nick Offerman is in it, and so is Seth Rogen as the guys that actually get their sex tape. Ooh. It it looks like a wild it looks like a wild ride. Hmm. So check that out. They dropped the new poster for the Matrix. I am not happy with it. It looks like shit. They it's look like a, a fucking rock band. Eh. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> That's all I've got this week. So uh, log on to the watchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button, or engage with us on social media. Let us know if you have seen and you know, are you into reality TV? I'm not that big into reality TV and what I what I'm seeing these days kind of sucks. Yeah, really. Or like Patty, are you going to dive into something that you know is going to be fucking depressing and get you angry and watch it just because tour de force performances? Yeah, seriously. You know, my need to be happy right now and be in a better personal space outweighs my need for certain drama. But I'll tell you what, fucking passing, man. Oh. Love that movie. So that's it. That's all I got this week. A shorty show. Yeah. Look at that, people. We get you back out there, ready to conquer more of the world. Take today by the balls. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He's choking. Are you choking, Bill? No, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm laughing and coughing at the same time because that is the biggest laugh I've had this week. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. I hope others are laughing too. As they take life by the balls. Yes, exactly. Well, everybody, have yourself a very good week, and uh, we will uh, catch happy you next Thanksgiving. time. Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Up this weekend. To our 22 listeners, I hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And actually, probably some of our 22 listeners will be getting together with themselves for Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much for that. And I will be seeing you on Thanksgiving. So thank you very much for that. All right. But anyway, happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Please embrace your families. If you don't have family, embrace your friends. But always remember, at the end of the day, you are important and special. And no matter where you go, take care of yourself. There you are. And there. Oh, fuck. I'm trying to say something. Oh, my God. You start the show with a fucking sigh, and now you're like, grab it by the balls. Uh, anyway. Yeah, all right. You guys take care. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, okay bye. bye.